Hey, what's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop Podcast. Uh, my guest this week is uh, Matt Hinckley. Um, he is the co-founder of Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. Uh, really great episode. Um, they run a great facility here over in Kansas City. Ask somebody that lives over here uh, in the Kansas City metropolitan area. It's great to see a, a facility like this. Um, and they're growing. A lot of great things happening here. Uh, Matt kind of dives in uh, just a little bit about his background. Um, he is a former intern at Cressy Sports Performance, so I kind of dive into a little bit about that. Uh, just the uh, needs analysis for you know high school baseball players, college guys, and just what it's like working with a pro. Um, so he works with a lot of minor league baseball guys in his facility, getting them ready for their season. Uh, just kind of what his background is and where he got and where he's at now. It's very exciting. I'm really excited for people to listen to this episode. I can't thank uh, Coach Hinkley for coming on here and just spreading a wealth of knowledge and just great information for coaches. As always, everybody, just make sure that you should subscribe to the podcast. It's growing every single episode. Uh, it just grows and grows and grows. I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time out of your day just to listen to a, a podcast that was just an idea of mine to, uh, you know, kind of highlight coaches and people that I think are great in this industry. And it's just really humbling to see the, the listens and the people that reach out to me and uh, just getting to have these conversations with people like Coach Inkley and create relationships and a lot of great information in this episode guys uh, get your uh, papers out get your pen out get ready to write some information down so everybody make sure you follow coach Hinkley and all of his social medias he uh, they're in the uh, show notes here uh, they also he talks about it here at the end of the podcast make sure always people stay strong what's up guys strength talking shop podcast uh, my guest this week is matt Hinkley. He's the owner and director of strength conditioning here at Kansas City Strength Conditioning. Matt, what's going on? Just hanging out, man. Just got off after a, a long day of being on the training floor. I appreciate you having me on. Perfect. I appreciate you coming on today. So why don't you give the listeners a little bit of your background? So I grew up in uh, Liberty, Missouri. I was a, a multi-sport athlete as a kid. I always kind of gravitated towards the weight room. I loved working out. Didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, I think a lot of people that are in this profession have a similar uh, background in that regard. I just kind of freestyled it at our local community center and went to football weights. Um, ended up deciding that I was going to be a collegiate baseball player, so I uh, I, I went all in. I'd say my senior year, I, I instead of playing three sports, I decided to play baseball. Ended up getting an offer at a, a junior college called Hutch Juco. It's out in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Played there for one year. Um, transferred to Emporia State University, played there for my last three. Um, and going into my junior year of college, I was a business major. Um, I was on the verge of getting sent off for summer ball and had been dealing with some arm issues. Um, and it basically just told my coach, like, look, I'm, I'm going to go get my body right this summer. I need to find something that's going to help me. So I just, I, it was as simple as a Google search. I jumped on the internet and I looked up baseball training and Eric Cressy's name came up. Um, so myself and my best friend from college, a guy named Jared, we uh, we found a house to rent in Boston and we, we packed our bags and spent a summer training at CSP's gym in Massachusetts. Um, and, and this was a, kind of a turning point for me. I think it was the like second day there. I 
I was walking around and the culture was kind of what I gravitated towards. But those, the guys that were, were working there were just having a great time. Everybody had a smile on their face. Um, I left that summer healthy. Like I, I was able to finish my last two years of college baseball um, without having surgery, which if you would ask me, you know, at the end of my sophomore year, going into my junior year, if I was going to have arm surgery at some point, it would have been a no doubter for me. Um, but I was able to kind of avoid it by finding a facility that had a really, really unique approach. And um, I, I was a believer from day one on. Um, so I, I declared my major. Uh, we called it health promotion at the time. Emporia State changed the name to health and human performance. Um, and ended up trying to pursue a, an internship at CSP, which I was lucky enough to get. Um, and then after my internship at Cressy Sports Performance, I moved back home to Kansas City. Uh, was the director of strength and conditioning at a private baseball academy here for a year by myself. Um, at the end of that first year, um, I, I merged businesses with a guy named John Renzi. He's my current business partner. And we formed Kansas City Strength and Conditioning in October of 2016. So we're, we're flirting with the four-year mark. So that's, that's the uh, condensed version of how I got here today. That's awesome. That's a good story. I, I was lucky enough before the podcast to get to see Matt a little bit in action beforehand, and they got a pretty top-notch facility. Um, great kids coming in and out. Some good coaching. So if you're in the Kansas City area, definitely say come check it out. Um, talk to me a little bit about the culture that you guys have set here. Yeah, so I think that like our our business model kind of helps drive our culture to a degree. We run what we call like a semi-private model, which in the private sector, it's it's becoming pretty common. Um, so when you walk in, you can expect to see anywhere between six to eight kids training at the same time. Um, we have three full-time coaches, and then we'll have interns, depending on the time of year, that float around. Um, so everybody's getting an individualized training program based on an initial evaluation. But um, because we have the semi-private model, we have you know 12-year-olds that are able to rub elbows with professional baseball players. Um, which we think is really cool driving factor of our culture. Um, that was something that when I was a collegiate athlete, that was what it kind of blew my mind when I would go down to, to CSP. I mean, I'm, I'm training next to guys I see on TV. Um, that was something that immediately sucked me in. So I knew when I opened my own gym, I kind of wanted to emulate that to a degree. And we've been lucky enough to have some pro guys around town trust us with their development. Um, and they're, you know, they're, the, the driving force, I think, of the, the culture we're trying to build here, which is we don't care if you're 12 years old, we don't care if you're 40 years old, you're part of the family, and we give everybody an equal amount of effort. The pro guys get just as much attention from us as the 12-year-old kids. Um, and honestly, sometimes the younger kids require a little bit more of our attention to make sure that <laughs> they're you know, staying out of trouble and not hurting themselves. But yeah, that's uh, honestly, I think that our, our business model is a big driving factor of the culture and then the standpoint that, like, Every single person on our staff is a teacher at heart. Every one of us are in this to to try to get the most out of each kid. Um, I was a Kansas City kid that had to fly to the coast to go get good training. And I didn't want kids in our local market to have to do that. Um, and, and especially some, something that's geared towards baseball, softball, the overhead and rotational sports. I think that's a, uh, a niche that training better be good or you, you can deal with issues um, so that's kind of what we prioritize and we're trying to grow a culture around it so 
lights are still on, so we're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, to go back, you were talking about a little bit, like, so this is a problem I see sometimes, mm-hmm. places I've visited, is that cookie cutter program. Mm-hmm. I know we talked a little bit before the podcast. You talked a little bit about the individual assessment. You know, mm-hmm. how do you go about assessing your athletes uh, from all the grand scheme, the 12 to the 20, you know, to the major mm-hmm. league you know, guys and stuff like that? Yeah, so our assessment process is, I guess, it's the most cookie-cutter thing about what we do. We do have a, a list of parameters that we are looking for when kids come in. So on assessment day, um, first and foremost, we use that day to try to build some rapport. We try to learn about who they are as a person, what they're into, hobbies, so on and so forth. We always start um, with injury history. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if, if, there's, if they're still dealing with something from an injury standpoint that we feel like they need to refer out, um, we have a great network of PTs that we'll refer to. Um, but after we get the green light as far as injury history and current injury state, we go into uh, a normal pain point conversation. So I'll go, okay, you're not injured, but what barks at you on a daily basis? Do you have low back pain? Do you have knee pain when you squat? Like, give me the rundown. And I try to make the kid talk as much as possible. I want to hear what they have to say about how they feel and how their body responds to certain things. Um, after that, I will do a like a, a static posture assessment. So I just have them stand. And there's certain things that we look for from a, a postural standpoint that we just make note of. Again, none of the assessment process is right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just about collecting information. Um, after the general posture screen, um, I'll get kids on the training table, and we'll look at scapulohumeral rhythm. We'll look at shoulder uh, range of motion. We'll look at thoracic spine range of motion. We look at hip range of motion, both passive and active. We're trying to get a picture as to how they move on the training table, and then we always finish the assessment process with more of a movement-oriented screen. So after I see what people look like when I'm moving them around, I have them squat, I have them lunge, I have them do some push-ups. Um, and then after we wrap that up, we sit down and we chat about individual goals. So let's say that the kid wants to get faster, we'll, we'll track 10-yard splits and we'll go off of that. Um, if a kid just says he wants to you know, play the high school season healthy, that's the, the goal in mind. So we try to keep the goal the goal um, while getting a, a really clear understanding as to what we're dealing with from a range of motion standpoint and from a, a movement quality standpoint. And then we go from there. Perfect. So, well, I love the big thing that you just talked about was just, you know, seeing how they move. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of great strength coaches I know of, like the Buddy Morrises and stuff, they say, if you can't move, you, you know, you can't play yeah. for us kind yep. of thing. So you find that the better the movement that the kids have just in general – because, um, you know, a lot of kids nowadays are pretty stiff yep. and, you know, sitting at a desk all day looking at their phones. Mm-hmm. Are you finding, like, how long is that process? You know, every kid's a little bit different, but mm-hmm. are you finding a pretty long process to get them into that movement pattern, you know, that you're looking at or skills? I or? think that's really context dependent. I yeah. think that, like, if I've got a 12-year-old kid that comes in here and he has zero weight room experience whatsoever, yeah. things happen really quickly, believe it or not. Like, I think that sometimes my hardest case is the 18-year-old kid that's just been a pitcher for the last six years. And he... Yeah has just been freestyling it in the weight room and we've got layers and layers and layers of preconceived notions on what movement should look like that we have to fight against. Um, so uh, there's, there's a handful of kids that they come in at 18 years old and they're just, they're athletic. They, they move really, really well. But I, I do think it's important that regardless of who we're working with, that we expand upon their movement menu 
what I mean by that is expose them and make them competent in as many different positions as possible. Because mm. when they go out into their actual sporting endeavor, even if it's not baseball or softball, if we've got a volleyball player, we got a football player in here, I want to improve their, their movement competency to, to a degree where when they get out into a chaotic environment, they're able to respond quickly. They're able to get into positions and own positions. Because I think that's a, a lot of the times when kids have those non-contact injuries, it's just from um, either a lack of strength, a lack of experience in a position, or it's the ability to not decelerate. Mm -hmm. I guess the lack of ability to decelerate. But uh, we try to uh, expose them to a lot of different movements. We try to expose them to all three planes of motion as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of high school weight training, when I read over a lot of high school programs, not to dog on anybody, but they're very, very like sagittal, plain dominant. I mean, it's 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 squat, bench, clean. We don't do anything on one leg. We don't move side to side. We don't rotate. Um, we try to fill those holes and make sure that if kids are coming to us for an individualized program, that we're crossing off as many boxes as we can and we're we're filling as many buckets as we can. So. Yeah, I like that where you talk about you're trying to get. All of the movement planes, in fact. Mm -hmm. I think you should do, I know what you're saying. We're, I've seen that here recently, too. Where everything's a lot of satchel. Mm -hmm. Not getting any of that rotational power that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that's missed out big time is, like, just get a med ball for a kid. Yeah. I mean, I think that is... Low injury risk, and you just tell them to move fast. And I mean, a cue as simple as, like, break the floor or knock the wall over. And you can see some really, really, really high-quality movement. Um, that's one of my favorite tools to develop power for a baseball player. Because again, I'm not I'm not worried about them catching a bar. Right. It's one cue. It's it's throw this ball through the wall, and it's it's crazy how well kids organize just with very 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 minimalistic cueing. Um, the learning curve is low, and the the reward is really high. So I'm a huge fan of med balls. Yeah. You'll see a lot of med ball work in here. <laughs> so. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your experience working with, um, you know, CSP. Mm -hmm. you know, talk to me a little bit about that. So I kind of had a, a funny route into the internship in the first place. Um, when I was, you know, a client of theirs back in my, my junior year of college, um, I had no, you know, formal exercise science background whatsoever. I was a business major. I don't know if I already mentioned that. Um, so when I got to the point where I was training there and I, I would approach their interns, I'm like, hey, man, I want to do what you do. How, how do I get that internship? Yeah. And these guys were like, look, um, you're, you're not an exercise science major. So first and foremost, you might think about pivoting and going all in on this field if you're, if, if you're interested. And then number two, they're watching you right now. Like you, whether or not you know it, you're getting interviewed right now. And what they meant was they're seeing how hard I work. They're seeing how I interact with other people at the gym. They're seeing how I fit their culture. Mm -hmm. So... When I, when I gained that perspective, I, I kind of made it a priority over the next year and a half at that point that I was going to get in front of those guys as much as possible. So I did what I had to do. I picked up some extra jobs to be able to pay for distance programming from CSP. Um, so I, I paid you know the, the staff there to, to write my programming while I was finishing up college baseball. And then um, winter break over my senior year, I actually went down to their new Florida facility and live, I stayed at my uncle's house for a month and trained there and, and got in front of the other staff. Um, so I, I think that without doing that, without showing them that I was serious about it and without them 
knowing how much I loved it. I mean, I was driving across the country and living out of a bag for a month over winter break while other friends of mine were doing what college kids do over winter break. Um, I think that was a big, big separator for me in, in regards to actually getting the internship. Yeah. But as far as the internship itself, it was, uh, I will still say to this day, it's the most pivotal thing for my career in this industry. Um, there, I was able to gain experience not only like as a coach, meaning we spent the internship coaching. I think a lot of other interns, internships, you end up being like a glorified janitor yeah. or somebody that just stands on the sideline. Um, the interns at CSP are vital to their, their business model. They're vital to the culture that they've got going. So I felt like I was part of the staff. I didn't feel like an intern um, from day one on. I learned a ton just by being thrown into the fire in that regard. Um, and then as, as far as like the actual education side of it, we had weekly staff in services where I was like, there's a different topic every week and we went in depth on it. And as a, as a kid that was only a year and a half into the industry, I mean, I was, tr I was trying to be like a sponge at that in, yeah. in that regard. Um, and they also kind of made us step outside of our comfort zone. We had to present. So I had to, I had to present to the staff for an hour during a, a staff in service, um, which forced me to kind of get out of my comfort zone. And it, it was, it was pretty cool to leave, uh, that day. I'll, I specifically remember it because I was able to, you know, bring something to the table that people that I respected as far as from a, an intellectual standpoint, I was able to teach them something about, cause I, I basically, um, gave a, a presentation on my thoughts on weighted baseball training at the time. And it, we worked with a lot of pitchers. So it was something where I liked what I was talking about. They made me step out of my comfort zone. Um, it was just all in, man, the whole internship process. I, I miss it often. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It, it was, uh, it was a summer full of learning and those guys are amazing. I mean, to this day, if I ever need help with anything, I mean, they're immediately picking the phone up and doing whatever they can to help me out. So I, I owe them the world for sure. But, That's awesome. That's good yeah. to hear. I, there's a lot of points to kind of take out of that first, the going all in. Mm -hmm. And then also too, when you're an intern, that's when you learn how to coach. Oh yeah. You don't, I think a lot of problems with, interns is they want to program the hot new sexy mm -hmm. programming where that's where you get on the floor and you learn how to coach yep. i mean i think that's the biggest takeaway that you know it sounds like you got from there is like you got the hands-on experience that you needed mm -hmm. to be the coach that you are today when i learned from an early point that like it's not about letters after your name it's not about degrees it's not about some of these things that it's it's very easy to like go down a rabbit hole and prioritize as a young strength and conditioning coach and we teach our interns all the time look it's not about what you look like on paper it's if you want a job here at KCSC it's do our clients love you are you professional do you care do you have the heart of a teacher like those are way more important qualities in my in my eyes than how many certs does this kid have or where did he intern or whatever right um not to say that we don't look at those things, because we do. I do think that it's. I'm not trying to just shrug off the the certification thing. I've got certifications. Um, I just think that in this day and age, it's like an arms race to see who can have the longest, you know, space after their name taken up. And it's our our best coaches are are people that just want to teach people. Yeah. They want to make changes in in other people's lives. So. 
Right. You said something really awesome there that I really like as yeah. somebody that's is teaching. Like when you get into this industry and you get around these kids and these athletes, like there's nothing more gratifying than like when you see a kid just absolutely crush a workout or an mm-hmm. exercise that they've been trying to work on for days and you're like, I know for like like I remember I can think of an athlete where she was doing an RDL mm-hmm. and she sucked the day before and you could just tell it's like and we're co- you're coaching her up, you're queuing her up, and she just it's just not clicking. Mm-hmm. And then the next week comes around, and she just crushes it. And she's light like, bulb moment. Yeah, it's that light yeah. bulb moment. That's what like as coaches we live for. That mm-hmm. is the greatest thing ever yeah. to, for them to come back. And it, here's the thing: people can't see it right now, but I see letters on the wall. You know, thanking Matt here. That shows a lot of what the culture you guys have built mm-hmm. here, and what you said of just being a teacher. Yeah, and that's what, honestly I my initial before I was a business major in, in college. Out of high school, I thought I wanted to be a high school te- like a high school teacher and a high school coach. Um, so that's always been something that I've I've had a desire to do. You know, as a college baseball player, when I'd be home for break, I would I would give pitching lessons on the side. You know, anything to make some side cash. Yeah. And I always loved that, like working with the youngsters. And I I now have the ability to kind of blend the, the things I love the most into one, um, which is which is teaching, which is consistently learning because our industry does require you to stay up as far as the educational side and then i'm i mean i'm able to our our reach here is growing every day and every year but i'm able to impact a lot of kids right now which is pretty dang cool to see i know that like in the private sector it's really easy to get bogged down by the day-to-day but every once in a while when you look up and you reflect on like what you actually built it's it's been pretty cool to see what's happened over four years and we feel like we're just getting started, so Love. we're definitely having a ball. Love it, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right, I want to kind of dive in a little bit of just, you know, we talked already a little bit about the assessment with, with the kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You've got the kids on the floor. You know, what are some things that you feel like, you know, programs are missing, whether that's at the high school ranks or what you see in the college, that, mm-hmm. you know, these athletes are coming in that you're seeing you need, you know, to kind of work on a little bit. So that's a loaded gun question. Yeah, you know, it's all right. I mean, I I think back to the easiest example for us. Like we have a, a high group of a large group for the area as far as Kansas City is concerned of professional and collegiate, like high level baseball players, right. softball players. But if I'm looking at what pays our bills, if I'm looking at the high school demographic, honestly, like if I'm picking apart a a program that I'm seeing, like a lot of our kids that come to us for private training are still doing high school weights so we basically have to fill in the holes that aren't filled by the high schools i think i already hinted at this earlier but i see a huge gap in in prioritizing unilateral exercises um we see a lot of very 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 um squatty dominant exercises Mm -hmm. um they're not really breaking down a, a true hip hinge in high school so we make that a huge priority with all of our kids um and then as far as like the the more baseball specific answer to this question, as far as arm care is concerned, especially like individualized arm care based off our assessment process, we feel like that's a huge separator. We're able to go, okay, um, you know, these are exercises that everybody does. These are exercises that you need to be doing for your anatomy, your injury history, whatever, um, whatever we're trying to prioritize there. Um, but we feel like that's something that, because I always I, I look at this from the outside. I go, if I'm a high school kid and I can go to high school weights for free, why would I pay money to go see KCSC? Mm. Um, and and I think that our our ability to 
I see all the different fitness parameters as like buckets of water that we need to fill up. So if, you know, mobility is a bucket, strength is a bucket, unilateral strength is a bucket, um, power training, power development is a bucket. Um, we are able to have conversations with every single kid on an individual basis that walks through the door and, and fill their individual buckets without just plugging them into some cookie cutter program that we've typed out. So every kid that comes in, you'll see, you'll see similar things. You'll see kids squat. You'll see kids hinge. They'll do an upper body push. They'll do an upper body pull. They'll train their core. Um, they'll condition, but the means by which we get each one of those things accomplished are, are what vary, very greatly between each one of those kids. So, um, I know that's kind of a loaded answer to a loaded question. Right. But, yeah. That's, I mean, it's pretty um, loaded. That's, that's, essentially how we go about doing it it's 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 less about me going what do i believe the perfect program should look like and it's more about what does this kid in front of me need kind of letting the ego down i mean i think a strength yeah. that happens a lot where their ego just kind of drives what the program is right yeah and again we've we're lucky that in the in the area we've got good relationships with several of the high schools where they don't necessarily see us as a threat um we're even able to have conversations with them and go okay you guys are working on x y and z well, we're just going to do this stuff. So keep doing what you're doing. All is good. World keeps turning. So, I think you said something pretty key there. Creating relationships. Yep. I mean, I think that's massive, especially. I mean, you're a business owner, so you mm -hmm. you, know, you get you want to get kids coming through the door and stuff like that. Yep. You don't retractors. Yep. So I mean, I think that's big. A little bit about. I want to know a little bit more about. You know your pro guys. Mm -hmm. You know how how do you train those guys? As far as you know, getting them prepare for spring training yeah. and then maybe that post spring training. Cause I know that, you know, I was just reading this the other day about how pro guys don't know how to come off of a season. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're so um, sympathetic dominant mm -hmm. that the body just kind of crashes and then yep. boom crashes and burns. Cause you just went through, you know, you we're in February now and you're going all the way to like, you know, mm -hmm. September for some of those yep. minor league guys. So I'm, I'm a big fan of what Cal Dietz does. Um, with the triphasic method, um, with our minor league guys, we've, we've got the ability to see those guys for a really, really solid chunk of the year. Okay. Um, like four to six months, depending on what organization they're wow. with, what they have going on. Um, majority of the guys show up in September and they'll ship off anytime between, you know, the second week of January and the first week of March. It just depends on what the organization's looking for them to do. Um, so I would say that when kids get home, first and foremost, you, you've already brought up them being just sympathetically really, really driven. We do prioritize within our warm-up uh, regiments that we write for these kids a lot of uh, the PRI methodology. So a lot of like the individualized breathing work, um, which helps drive them into more of a, a parasympathetic state. Um, but we prioritize a lot of eccentric strength early on. And then we'll taper off into an isometric phase. And then before they leave, we prioritize more on the, the power side of it, trying to get them to move as fast as possible. Um, we start to have to weigh in how much throwing they're doing if they're pitchers. So I tell kids that like their, their medicine ball volume and their, their, their bullets in the weight room have an, like an inverse relationship to the amount that they're throwing. So we're lucky that a lot of the guys that we train, when they get home, they, they put the baseball down for at least, you know, six to eight weeks. So we're able to really, really, really hit them hard yeah, I mean, that's in, in big regards time to right setting there. a foundation for strength, which is something that, believe it or not, we're not able to really do with a lot of the high school kids. 
we've got high school kids that think that they need to play more than the minor leaguers, which <laughs> will never cease to amaze me. Um, but no, in, in regards to that minor league group, it's I'm going to give you another loaded answer because we've got such a wide spectrum over the, I think we're right around 20 guys total. And over that uh, of that 20-guy group, I've got guys that if you looked at them in the weight room, you'd go, you're a professional athlete. And then we've got guys in our group that, you know, they, they don't miss a beat. They, yeah. They're they're great weightlifters and great baseball players. Um, and I think it's Mike Boyle that says it, but like I'm trying to create great athletes and good weightlifters. So I try to keep that in mind, but we've got guys all over the spectrum, even at the professional level. Um, there's some kids that make it to professional baseball without having any weight room experience whatsoever. So I still need to have that conversation. If a kid got drafted out of high school at 18 years old and never had good training, we're starting at square one like we would with a 16 or 17 year old kid. Oh, okay. But we do have a handful in our group that we've worked with since they were in high school. So we treat them a little bit differently because they know what to expect when they come home. That's pretty awesome. I so, like that. Yeah. Um, you said something that's pretty good right there. I thought is you guys are complimenting. Mm-hmm. You're using the weight room to compliment the field. Yep. Through the baseball. They're baseball players. They're yeah. not just lifters. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that gets kind of missing a little bit in the sauce where mm-hmm. to kind of piggyback back a little bit is that we're talking about the cookie cutter programs, mm-hmm. you know, they're just going to do, you know, everybody's going to do this. We're just going to do the same thing because this is what this athlete and this is what this, mm-hmm. this team does. I think that you just nailed it on the head a little bit. is just complimenting them to the baseball yep. field. You're preparing them for, you know, spring training. You're bringing them out of a season and you're trying to lift up those, um, those deficiencies that we, you know, when we see. tell our athletes even, I mean, it's, and I know this is probably cliche now in our world, but like we write in pencil, not pen. So like, even when I, I'm sitting down after an assessment. I write a kid a program mm-hmm. just because it's on the sheet doesn't mean I have to follow it to a T, yeah. which is something that always did kind of frustrate me when I was a, at the college level and even lifting in high school is we're doing percentage-based stuff with kids that don't really have no have an understanding of what their true one rep max is, first and foremost. Secondly, my rate of recovery is different every day, yeah. as, you, as you know. So doing a lot of the... Uh, percentage-based stuff, if, if I follow something to a T and I come into the gym feeling like crap, all hell can break loose. So we, we try to stress to our guys to communicate with us how, how things are feeling on a day-to-day basis because, again, I'm not married to the program I print out. I'm married to the, the training effect I'm trying to get out of each program. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, a, so much of it, and I hope this isn't my answer to everything, but, like, it's it's context-driven. It's how's this kid's arm feeling today? How did throwing go? Is Did their girlfriend break up with them? Like, there's so yeah. many factors that go into the stuff that we do. Um, yeah, we have we have certain parameters that we want to hit with guys. Um, but at the same time, things never go 100% according to plan. So we have to be kind of willing to adjust on the fly. And we, I call it, like, coaching feel. Yeah. So. I, I, I think... Uh... That's big because uh, I think it's Dan Paff says you better have a plan A or a plan B and you better have a plan C. Yep. You know, if the guys are super talkative yep. in warm-ups, then, hey, they're ready to go. But yep. if they're quiet as hell, well, you better start figuring And you've got yep. a, you know, big max effort, mm-hmm. speed day or something like that. Figure out, you better change it up quick. Yep. That's big. And I think, um, you know, asking the right questions, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a sign of a good coach, man. I mean, that's just basic communication skills. Like, that's how are you is. feeling? Yeah. yeah. Yep, and again, I think that a lot of these kids, they, especially like the, the pro guys that we work with that, that we've had since they were in high school, 
like they came to us initially for training, but they've stuck around because they can sense that we're coming at it from a, an angle of somebody that has the heart of a teacher. And I've already said that like four times, but again, it's, it's, I think that that's so key in strength conditioning is I'm more impressed by places that keep kids for a really, really, really long amount of time that earn that respect from, from athletes mm -hmm. than I am people that turn them and burn them, you know, 40, 50 kids a time and they don't have anybody returning after two or three months of training. Um, we are trying to hold on to every single person that walks through this door and have them ride it out with us for the long haul. So, I think that's big for high school kids because, I mean, you lifted in high school. I lifted in mm -hmm. high school. I knew guys in high school that – and I was lucky to have a really good high school strength coach. Mm -hmm. But I knew guys when I went to college, they didn't have that same experience. Yep. You know, they didn't have a good experience in the weight room, so the weight room was something secondary to them, and they thought it was evil to them yep. being ready for the – you know, at the football field or the baseball field. It was just punishment. Like right, Whatever, yeah. yeah. Well, my experience in high school was 55, 60 kids and one coach that, you know, played football in the 80s. He wasn't a strength conditioning guy at all. He was right. just a football coach. And we're maxing out on hang clean on day one. And, like, what's a barbell? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, that's – and, again, I, I still don't think that that is a rare occurrence, which is a sad thing in today's day and age. I think that there are a lot of programs around town um, you know, like Gardner High School does a great job. I know that, like, uh, Bonner Springs or Baser Linwood has my old collegiate strength and conditioning coach over with their system, and they're doing good work. Um, but again, it shouldn't be the, the minority in right. regards to places that are putting out good stuff. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that, like, that's so many kids, that's, that's their exposure. So we try to keep that in mind when we're we're having those initial conversations and I have to, I have to look back every once in a while. I asked a kid yesterday, um, he came in and he was in the middle of his workout and I, he's asking me what to do. I'm like, well, you have three sets of this. And I, he kind of looked at me funny and I go, wait, you know what a set is, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's funny to me because you take so much stuff for granted yeah. when you're in this industry every day that I forget that, you know, some kids from a, a podunk town outside of Kansas city and yeah. they've, you know, their weight room is just whatever they make it. They're freestyling it. Um, we got to start at square one. So, well, I think you said it too. Is that you know, these kids are starving for somebody to teach them? Yeah. You know, and so for to have somebody that actually cares and mm -hmm. explains the why and understanding behind it, like, all right, we're here. Mm -hmm. This is where, and it's funny because they did all these predictors and all the predictors they showed were completely wrong. Like it was basically mm -hmm. like a monkey thrown at it. But like we project you to be here like this is where we're trying to get right yep. this is what your goal is we talked you talked about it like we sat and figured out what your goal is you yep. know so i think that these kids just want to be taught and somebody's there for them yep. I, mean, I think that's probably what half of the half the battle and nine times out of ten we hear a lot of the same goals it's like i want to get bigger faster and stronger but every once in a while we're able to like dig a little deeper and go look i want to gain 12 pounds by March. And it's like, okay, well you want to, that's a really specific goal. Here's a really specific <laughs> plan. That's going to get you there. Yeah. Um, it's, and I like that, honestly, like I'm, I'm always like, okay, you want to get bigger, faster and stronger. So does everybody. Yeah. Like let's dig a little deeper here. And I, those conversations are fun for me when it becomes a little bit more like, look, I, I had elbow issues the last three summers. I want to, I want to play a summer of baseball without my elbow hurting. And that's, that's cool for me. Um, yeah. So if um, kind of wrap things up a little bit here. Mm -hmm. 
So what's some of the you know advice you would give other coaches out there? Yeah. Um, think outside the box if, in regards to creating opportunities. Um, on paper, I was the least qualified person to get an internship at Cressy Sports Performance, maybe ever. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure that there's other people that have been clients of theirs that became interns. But in regards to like, if I'm looking back, you know, five or six years at where I was at from like an education standpoint, I was not qualified to be there, but I did what I had to do and I, I wanted it. And I, I thought outside the box and how I was going to make it happen. Um, Secondly, in regards to kids that are like about to start internships or they're going through internships or they're just in college and they're not even at the internship part yet, find a good internship. That's my next piece of advice is, I, and it doesn't have to be Cressy Sports Performance. There's a ton of places around the country. I know IFAST does an incredible job. Exos has a really good internship program. There's a ton of places in the private sector that do a fantastic job about educating people and um you know you you get your hours coaching on the floor you're not just cleaning squat racks all day long right um find a good internship i they're the only people i know thinking back to college of mine that like loved the industry had great intentions but they did like an internship at emporia state or they they went to the local genesis like they just did some bare minimum thing to get their you know 280 hours or whatever it was um, instead of like, no, I like shoot for the stars in that regard. I think that that's, if I was sitting in their shoes, I would want to hear that because that's the truth. And it's, it's as much about what you know as it is who you know, and building a network, um, is, is everything. I don't care what field you're in, but it's, it's especially important in strength and conditioning. So good yeah. stuff. So outside the weight room, what's some of your, uh, you know, main hobbies? I'm really I'm a big bow hunter, so I'm into hunting and fishing. And okay. My girlfriend and I are at a country concert probably every other week. So, <laughs> who's um, on the radio right now? Who's the top top artist on the playlist? So I'm I'm really into this guy named Randall King. Um, okay. He's he's out of Texas. He's out of Lubbock, and his believe it or not, his his bus broke down last summer on his way to play. Uh, he was opening for a guy named Cody Johnson. Um, okay. yeah. He was, it's a, an event here in Kansas City they do every summer. It's called Hot Country Nights. My girlfriend and I actually met at Hot Country Nights, but it's a, like, 10 weeks in the summer, they're free country shows that they do at Power and Light District, which is just basically the big downtown hangout in Kansas City. Um, so I saw on Twitter that Ramble's bus broke down, and I, I replied to his tweet and said I could come pick him up. So I picked him up before his show, before he opened for Cody Johnson, and He's, uh, every time he comes in town now, he takes care of us. So. No way, that's yeah, awesome, man. He's kind of become a friend almost, so it's been, that's that's my favorite guy, strictly, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but he's really talented. He's signed with Warner, he's got a big label, and he's just kind of right now on the come up, but I'm a diehard country music fan. Kids at the gym have gotten, like, we've got a group of kids that are actually, like, converted. You know, they came in listening <laughs> to some garbage rap music, and, I've got a couple of them on country now, so that's a that's a victory in my book. But yeah, I've got. I think it's important too, man, because I've I've been in these positions where I I almost think it's like like I should be ashamed for having hobbies outside of the strength and conditioning world, but I think that they're they're just a part of who I am, like anybody yeah. else, and I think that uh, it's really important that you know we get into working sixty hours a week or whatever that it's important to. Um, find other things to do as far as outlets, whether it be, you know, hunting and fishing like I do, whether it be playing pickup basketball, golf, yeah. whatever. So 
Yeah, I love doing all those things, man. I like being outside. Yeah. So spend 60, 70 hours a week inside the gym. I like to get outside, get some vitamin D. Absolutely, especially when yeah. it's cold right now. I can't wait yeah. for it to warm up. Yeah. It'll be nice. Yeah. Well, I know as somebody that's lived in Kansas City, it's great to see a facility like this um, popped up. Yeah. I'm glad that I got to meet you. Got to come in and man. see everything. Um, if you're ever in the Kansas City area, reach out to them. How can they reach out to you on social media, yes. email? Whatever. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can find us on Facebook and um, Instagram at Kansas City Strength and Conditioning or KCSC. Um, my personal Instagram is Hinkley underscore strength underscore KCSC. Um, and yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. So Great content on there, chat. guys. It's great. Good content. Uh, give them a follow and a listen. I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. As always, open up your facility. Everybody, stay strong.